0: this is Sebastian from the Metal Gods Meltdown, and tonight I'm joined by
1: This is Jared Pritchard from Polka Morte and
2: Clayton Gore from Polka Morte
0: It's an honour to be chatting to you tonight You release Ex Rosa Ceremona on November the 6th. How pleased are you with this work of art, and what can we expect from it? I mean, I couldn't be more pleased with it. I mean, it's, you know
1: It's a relief when you finish. It's two years of work, you know, and there's there's different levels to it you're sort of swimming through the the creation of something and then when it's done the the relief is the first thing you feel and then after you're able to sit back and really look at it after you take a minute and you can really hear the culmination of what you've done and in our case what we've done you know as a band it's it's uh it's a really great feeling i'm really proud of it i really love
0: it is the kind of release that is absolutely perfect for the upcoming winter and this worldly discontent we all face, thanks to COVID-19. Is that a fair comment?
1: Uh, I think it's a good record for uh, any time, but certainly for the winter. <laughs> I definitely think so. The
0: Serpent's Choir has already got amazing reviews, and today you release The Amazing, The Archer, and The Noose. It must be so gratifying to get such stellar feedback, even before release date.
2: Yeah, I think it's been great. Uh, You know, the Serpent's Choir was something that we were kind of very curious to see how that was going to come together, let alone be received. I mean, trying to put together, you know, a hundred different voices uh, as part of that chorus was sort of a a technical challenge, but it seemed like, you know, a, a good idea when everybody's sitting around home. We just basically invited, you know, not only some, you know, friends and colleagues, but really everyone uh, around the world who wanted to send in the track could and everybody that did made it to the record so it, it was pretty cool to put together
0: yeah man that must look that sounds really amazing so did you have some sort of zoom film of that i mean obviously you can't have 100 people on zoom at once or can you i'm not sure
2: <laughs> no no i mean you could but no we just um we we basically gave people guide tracks and said you know send them however you can if you've got Professional microphone, uh, great. If you don't, you can do it into your phone. Uh, it's pretty decent audio. And really, you know, when you're in the midst of all those other voices, you're not going to hear any, you know, small defects or anything. So we had, um, you know, guys send in tracks from the studio and, and some other folks send in tracks from their phones. And, I mean, it just it was pretty amazing how it all kind of came together. I think most of the magic uh, lies in Jarrett's hands there.
1: I would think, like, they in general like the feedback for all of it i mean you know the funny thing about this band is we kind of um, eliminated a lot of like conventions like we're not really paying attention to what's going on around us and i mean really even though a lot of times people you know compare us to like the, the golden age of uh you know european death doom as much as we love that stuff i wouldn't really say that we think about it so we drop a song or we release a song or whatever, it's kind of like flying blind. Like you really don't know how people are going to receive it. And I, I don't think about that as far as parameters go for what I'm going to do, whether I'm going to do something or not do something. And we definitely throw everything in the kitchen sink at it, whether it's, you know, cellos or female vocals or clean vocals or this side or the other. So you're in this unknown territory of how it's going to be received. And then when it finally gets there and, and, people come back to you and like they have positive things to say it's I mean it's it's amazing I mean you I don't care what anybody says you know you say oh I play for myself or whatever you play because you want people to enjoy your art as much as you play because you're playing for yourself and so when people receive it well it means the world it means everything so that's yeah that's what I got to say about that
0: I'm not sure if you're all close by each other as a band, or you've just been doing everything via lockdown over the internet. I mean, do you intend to do some kind of live stream on the sixth of November?
2: Um, probably not on the date. However, we are putting together uh, some rehearsal footage, and you know, we're we're going to see what kind of you know interesting things we can put together. We're geographically dispersed, sort of all over the united states really i mean Jarrett's in florida Um, me and jeff are in the st louis area adams in minnesota and john's in chicago so kind of rehearse remotely and and sort of write remotely if you want to if you want to call it that but then you know we get together and and kind of jam them together and and see how things work you know and kind of put songs together in that way we're we're actually going to be getting together here in a couple weeks shortly before the album release and you know we're going to work on some things we'll see what happens
0: obviously you're in your own bands as well is it I mean, because of lockdown and that have you managed to do any other work with your main bands
1: for me i i was playing in um you know i had one other project that um just sort of came to an end i I guess because of lockdown i didn't really play as big a role in that band as, as i do in this one um the majority of the time here, honestly, the majority of my focus is Pulque Morte more than anything else. And um, I mean, I own you know a recording studio, so I'm working on other people's records pretty you know regularly. So the real challenge is, is balancing like my work and our band. I mean, we're not touring right now, so obviously I'm not touring as a front-of-house engineer. So actually, in, in with the current global situation time has actually been a little more forgiving than it normally is because normally for me anyway it's like tour studio you know rehearsals shows back on tour it's it's pretty rigorous so to be honest with you things have slowed down for me in a, in a way for me personally
2: yeah you know this is really the, my main band this is the main thing i'm doing right now you know i've certainly done other bands in the past and you know here and there um you know jared and i would kind of work on some other things together but you know i know some of the the other guys like john was supposed to be on a big abigail williams tour uh earlier this year that you know obviously got canceled along with everybody else's tour and you know adam's a a fairly busy guy but again because everybody's kind of in the same situation you know we've we've had a, a gift of time here to kind of you know, put together the the best versions of these songs that we can.
0: I know this 3 hasn't even been released yet, but would you consider doing some kind of conceptual work on the next album?
2: Funny
1: you should say that.
0: I
2: was just going to say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an idea for an album that I've wanted to do for a very long time that, that is a concept. Um, I don't know when we'll get to it, if we do. And mostly, in in that case, for the idea that I have, it. You know, we we write music with you know various ideas or whatever, and and it really depends on how the songs feel. You know, if the songs outline the concept, then yeah, for sure. But I don't really think that anything is. I don't think music works well when it's forced, you know, even if you have the best idea at the beginning of it, if you're halfway through the creative process and it's just not going in that direction, I think you have to be flexible enough to see that and go, okay, well, this music or like this translation of human emotion, which is really what music is, is, is speaking something different than we originally meant to. And I think you have to be in tune enough with what you're creating to know when it directs you in, an, in another way but yeah for sure there's a real big concept <laughs> um on deck i hope we get there i really do because i think it's a great idea
0: that'd be amazing when that happens I and mean, then like i say the album's not even out yet i'm just like preempting. um okay so obviously you've done a major tour and sold out shows with 1349 with the last album are there plans to get out i mean it's everything you can't really say can you but are there plans to hopefully get out? Because I understand in some states in America there has been, like gigs and concerts, but obviously socially distanced. Would it work?
1: I think that is. I think if the opportunity comes up, and it makes sense, I definitely want to play. We've um, we've had some discussions about a few things. Um, there are people trying to do it. Unfortunately, what I'm seeing. In America, anyways, is that where you, know, like you may have a region that's like, yes, we'll do shows, like socially distanced. And, like, let's just say that that's Florida. The next market that may be interested in doing anything like that might be as far away as Ohio. So it becomes the thing where routing is really the problem less than less than the shows. I mean, if you... You know, you're only playing a few shows, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, we've got, like, two shows in Florida, but, you know, Georgia's not doing anything. Uh, Virginia's not doing anything. You know, Baltimore's not doing anything. And, you know, oh, well, the next thing we can do is Ohio or Pennsylvania or this side or the other. You start stretching yourself really thin, especially, you know, for, you know, a smaller band that has, you know, whatever attendance. But I will tell you this. The minute that we can play... I'm definitely into it. And part of me believes that it's going to go back to the underground like it was before, you know, it may be record stores, it may be basements, it may not be the big venues doing things for, you know, various reasons, legalities and and things that didn't necessarily exist when you know, punk and metal and stuff started to do shows. I mean, certainly there was no insurance adjuster at the Ukrainian Hall when somebody booked a you know, show of like four or five bands rolling through and, you know, there are 40 Kano line bands and that may be what happens next. You know, there may be a completely different model that isn't so business-minded as what, you know, a lot of metal touring is now. I think it's anybody's guess. I think we're going to just have to wait and see, but I will definitely play as soon as
2: humanly possible. Yeah, I'd say too that right now the situation is very fluid. where I've seen some bands you know once things started kind of opening back up say okay great let's book shows and then 2 weeks later you know things have kind of reverted back to more of a lockdown situation and they have to cancel again and I, you know that's not a situation i don't i think anybody wants to be in where you know you're you're once again having to kind of refund tickets and, and figure out those logistics it, it just it needs to be a situation where you know if you're going to book a tour it's got to be able to be you know a pretty at least as as for sure as it could be thing before we start trying to you know get take money and, and get people's hopes up but yes we definitely want to play
0: Band, Dead or Alive, would be your ultimate touring buddies. Wow. (laughs) Well, wait, wait.
1: Can we break the space-time continuum? Can it be a band that may exist now, but a certain era of that band? Of course it could, yeah. Yeah. Alright, go ahead, Clay. I'm going to let you go first. (laughs) Wow. All right, never mind. You you figure it out. The accused during Maddest Story Ever Told. Absolutely. Without question. That would be my a number one, the accused right at about 86
2: or 87. I, yeah, for sure. No discussion. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to play with Voivod. I think that would be fantastic. And if we could go back in time and get Peggy on the on the bill, I'd, I'd be uh, elated.
0: Stuck in quarantine for a year, which four musicians would you take with you? And don't say your band. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's another tough one.
1: Yeah, you're going first. I don't
2: got that one. I mean, again, I think if we're talking about hypotheticals here, I'd love to just get in a room with, you know, Frank Zappa and just kind of let him go nuts and, you know, see what happens. And, you know, there's been... Very talented musicians that have kind of done those improvisational things, like Bozio Levin Stevens. I think they put out two albums where they basically just get together, um, you know, and kind of just start writing and see what happens and record everything. And then you've got stuff like, you know, Josh Homme's Desert Sessions, which is just sort of a in and out kind of situation where whoever is available that wants to contribute can come and, and just kind of jump into the fun and see what happens. And yeah, I, I really enjoy kind of things like that just to kind of see what comes together. Um, I, I think that would be fun. I, I mean, I, I think for me, I think I would probably lean more towards
1: guys that are producers. Um, if time was, if, t- if the space time continuum was not an issue, Uh, Martin Birch, like the headmaster, uh, producer, you know, Iron Maiden, Deep Purple, Boister Cult, Black Sabbath.
0: If one of your songs from the new album could appear on a soundtrack, or a film or cult series? Which one would you choose, and why? Yeah, I mean, I
2: think that depends on the content of the of what we're talking about. I mean, I, especially on this new album, there's some very dark songs that um, aren't haven't been heard yet. You know, they'll be out obviously uh, again November sixth. But something like "To Suffer the Way You Do" um, is is a very dark song that I think would be fitting. You know, the right. Atmosphere in a in a show or motion picture, and you know I, the archer in the noose, uh, you know would would definitely fit sort of the right situation.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, that either of those or Prince Among Shadows, which are all songs that nobody has really gotten to hear yet, but just because the orchestration on that song, it might lend itself to um, to a soundtrack. But I mean, I tell you what, I would love to see it happen. That's
0: for sure. I think this album could possibly be your career highlight, but which. What would you say has been your career highlight so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think this is probably the best representation of,
0: you know, how I kind
2: of approach drums and and serving the song when it comes to writing drums. And just as a complete song, you know, from sort of beginning to end and all the movements of it, I I really, I, I think this album, everything kind of really came together very well. But, you know, before this band... I, I you know, Jarrett and I in eulogy, we, we certainly put together some very manic sort of insane songs that uh, I don't know that we could ever replicate. You know, that was that was a real picture in time experience and it's something I'm very grateful to have been a part of. Yeah, I mean
1: I, I, I would say in creative highlights, I mean I think this album probably is because the first record was a lot more near completion when I got involved and brought the band into the studio. Um, Whereas this record, it started as demos that we, you know, worked on and worked on and worked on and even all the way, I mean, I was still recording parts and adding, you know, guitar solos and acoustics and this, that, and the other all the way through the mix. Like, it was continually being created right up until I handed the masters over to mayor to, you know, master the record. So I think, yeah, I think you would be correct. This record for us is definitely a creative highlight. I clay and I have always worked like that though. Like what you clay was just saying about the eulogy days or whatever. I mean, um, him and I just always have spoken the same language pretty much since the first time that we, walked into a room together. I mean, we, you know, pretty much immediately had that unspoken dialogue that most people don't understand, you know, other than the people that you write with. But I think creatively and really stretching our legs and and not being really concerned or inhibited about reception, this record
0: is absolutely that. I think you're, you're pretty much on point there. So can you tell us why we should check out X-Rosa Ceramona? I mean, yeah, I definitely
1: can. Clayton and I have been playing music for a long time. You know, it's not on a massive scale, but there are a lot of people that like what him and I were doing when I was 18, and I think Clay was like 20 or 21. And, you know, we've both just honed what we do over time. And now we've come full circle back to this place where, you know, I'm not looking to make, the the newest, like, technical onslaught of blast beats, even though I love that kind of music. I mean, I worked for 1349 for 11 years. I mean, go figure. But the only thing that I care about in this band is feeling and, and the atmosphere and songwriting, like songs that put their hooks in you and stay there. Like where you, you know, like when you listen to Archer and you listen to the middle part where it rises up and Heather and Adam sing together and then Adam does the spoken word after it, Like, that was written to put its hooks into your back and not let go. And if you want to hear a record that's all about feeling, it is technically proficient, but it's not used as a crutch, and you want to listen to a record that is heavy and dark and is going to make you feel something, I
0: definitely think you should check this out. Absolutely. Vinyl or digital? Vinyl. Yeah, vinyl. Beer or pizza?
2: Or, what are you going to drink if you eat pizza without beer?
0: <laughs> I don't really drink. I'll take pizza. <laughs> cool. Death metal or glam metal? Oh, uh, death metal. But there, I mean, I like glam metal. So
2: I think they both, there's, there's, you know, parts of both genres that go to places that I just have no interest in. But the best of both genres, uh, I'd still probably say death metal.
0: Denim or leather? Leather yeah leather and a final one donald trump or kermit the frog well they're both a unique color (laughs) yeah i mean orange and green i mean that's
1: i mean if we're just getting down to visual aesthetics that's a hard one because i mean orange is like halloween
2: and green is like the entire world in florida i don't know um yeah i mean kermit's real hard to key out though like if you want to have kind of a a background and, and get you know some decent video. He's green, so he just kind of disappears, and all you see is eyes. So that's a tough one.
1: Yeah, that's hard, man. I, I mean, orange or green. I mean, just based on color. But I mean, Kermit, personality-wise, is an infinitely
0: kinder person. So I mean, probably Kermit.
2: <laughs> Hi, hoes, Kermit the frog.
0: And do you have any final words for your fans and our listeners,
1: especially for you guys over there? Uh, I, you know, I've gotten to come over there and work many times, but. With poker, this is the goal is to get over there and play and, and meet you know some of those people in a different way, uh, musically as opposed to technically. And I really hope that we get it worked out. Um, I I enjoy Europe in general, particularly the UK, immensely every time I'm over there. And we really hope we get over there and play. And uh, thank you a lot for doing this interview with
2: us. I really appreciate it. Indeed. Thanks, Sebastian.